0: Welcome to Sacred Psychedelics, the world's first indigenous hosted psychedelic podcast. I am your host, a fifth generation medicine woman, Sochil Kusikui Ashe. In this podcast, I share the wisdom of my ancestors while facilitating powerful conversations that teach us how sacred plant medicines and psychedelics can support personal, community, and earth transformations. I am grateful that you are here. May these shares and stories serve as healing medicine for you. As healing medicine for you. Hello, hello. I'm so happy. Thank you for coming to the Sacred Psychedelics podcast. We are here with such a powerful, gentle, incredible soul that is Ellen Wu and I want to introduce her. I'm so happy that she has joined our podcast today. Ellen is a Chinese-American psychedelic death doula who works with medicine journeys, breathwork, sound and somatic root healing. She supports people in reclaiming life through facing death. She is the resident facilitator at Double Blind Magazine and the Ancestor Project and co-creator of Wunu podcast. Ellen, I'm so happy you're here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I just, first of all, I love you.
0: <laughs> <So> <laughs> any
1: conversation we have is just like magic always. So thank you so much for inviting me on.
0: Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, when, um, you know, I had to uh, find, like who are the first five that I want to interview for this podcast. You just, it was so clear that we were supposed to have this conversation. And so the theme of today's conversation is grief, death, and psychedelics. And um, I just thought who better than Alan to have sharing on this topic. And um, so how would you feel if I just opened sacred space? I always love just being really intentional about our conversations. And because we are talking about these sacred plant medicines just also bringing the energy of them when we have these conversations. So in a way, uh, you know, we do know that plants can speak, but sometimes we can't interview them (laughs) on a podcast, (laughs) but we do call their energy to be present in ours. So yeah, let's, uh, and, and the audience, you know, if you're listening, you can follow with us in opening the sacred space so that you can also Really listen from a place where whatever is here for you is good medicine. So let's, uh, if you're driving, obviously don't close your eyes. You can keep on driving. If you are seated somewhere, just close your eyes for a minute. We're just going to take a deep breath together. And we open this sacred space, this podcast space. Where we call in the energy of the earth, patamama, chundafe. Thank you for providing us with everything we need for our journey. We call in the energy of the sun, taita inti, donatil, to light our way, shine on our words, on everything we say. May you transmit the wisdom, the knowledge that folks need to hear today. Thank you to the well ancestors for being present, our teachers, our guides, our protectors. And we know that you are always here. So we are so grateful today. For also our audience, may everybody listening to this, get the incredible blessings that are always available from the earth, from the ancestors and all of our crew that's present. And we also bring in the energy of the plant medicines, specifically the ones that we talk about today. Welcome. And together we say, Ometeot. Yay, so I'm so glad you're here, Ellen. And well, one of the one of the reasons Ellen and I met is because, um, I am one of the facilitators at the Microdosing Institute. And um, I was teaching about plant communication and honoring uh, and not appropriating uh, the sacred ways with plant medicine. And um, I do a six-month mentorship and Ellen decided to join. So we've been having really just beautiful, very deep, touching I mean, I, I call them like holding counsel more than conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the beautiful things that has emerged has um, has been the the clarity of of your path with psychedelics, your path in the medicine world. And so I want to talk about that today specifically with you, because one thing I know about you is that you're so committed. To making sure that folks have accessibility to this medicine, BIPOC folks, um, the Asian community, and so tell me a little bit about you know your work there and why you're so inspired that this, the psychedelic movement also includes us as people of color, the global majority. It's, uh, i've now I love that like we're no longer calling ourselves minorities. We're calling ourselves mm-hmm. the global majority <laughs> so true,
1: yeah, I just feel like I've been i think, on this healing path really since two thousand and eighteen and and I would say like actively healing, like consciously healing since then when I left my career. And I think when I entered into this space, I just saw so many people that didn't look like me. There there were like white facilitators, white body facilitators. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. But I just felt like I, it's when I meet people of color and facilitators of color that I feel so it's like an inexplicable connection too, because I feel like we've we hold the stories of our ancestors in our bodies in a way that feels so much more present for some reason. Um, and I feel like the emphasis, at least in talking to other facilitators of color, has been on our ancestral journeys and the um just the intergenerational and the ancestral trauma that we carry within our bodies that needs to be surfaced, that needs to be honored and acknowledged. And so there's also this feeling of being cut off from the motherland that I've experienced. I hold a, a breathwork group specifically for Asian women and femmes called Mother Root. And the reason why I felt called to create this group was because I realized that all of us have at some point or another, because we are immigrants into a new country, you know, we're not living and existing in, in the motherland itself. There's this severing, this severing from our kind of cultural roots that has also emerged as like a self hatred that I personally experienced. I think growing up in a very white neighborhood, you know, when I was younger, and in hearing the stories of the women and femmes that joined this space, I realized that's the connective tissue between all of us or among all of us. At some point or another, we. Kind of rejected our culture, and there needs to be this healing for us to be whole and and you know come back into this deep self love. There needs to be this acceptance and this healing of our connection to our ancestral roots. So that's why it's so important for me to actually be doing this work in this space for other people of color um, on behalf of the you know people of the global majority. It's just such important work, and to be able to see a facilitator that looks like you that has similar stories to you, you know, and a similar relationship to their motherland as you do.
0: Mm, That's so beautiful. Thank you for doing this work. It's so important right now. Yes, because I find that even in our communities, indigenous, I can talk about like indigenous communities that have been colonized, Um, like now I'm currently living in Mexico and you would think that like Mexico, which is 80% indigenous folk would be so open to these ancestral medicines um, because, you know, I work with mushrooms and yet uh, Mexico is predominantly Catholic Mm -hmm. and uh, most indigenous people are Catholic and there's still so much stigma. I find that there is more stigma here Around working with these sacred plant medicines that have helped us, that you know, science is is proving what our ancestors always knew, mm-hmm. um, and yet there is a resistance and kind of a like, ooh, you know, drugs, that whole like mindset. So I'm just really happy to see you really leading in 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 this way and and helping make. Make it more accessible. and how how do you see like Asian Americans or just Asian folk um, in terms of their openness to these medicine ways?
1: I personally have seen very similar things where I feel like the general perception is, oh, drugs bad, you know. And I feel like it's part of the Western influence and the whole war on drugs that occurred and this desire for the east to westernize you know i feel like there's something in that um but even you know talking about the severing of the motherland and severing of these like ancestral connections and ancestral connections to the medicine it's only very recently that i discovered that the first written record of cannabis was in taiwan in 8000 bc i had no idea that my ancestors were you know, walking with this medicine, I had no idea that it was like, really a part of Asian culture. And so I think for me, you know, there's this, there's something, again, like, if ineffable, like, I can't explain where it's coming from. But I have a connection to the sacred mushroom, I have a connection to cannabis, that was definitely not something that was you know taught to me by my parents or anybody in my contemporary like life but i feel like it's in my bones i feel like it's in my you know in my dna in my cellular structure somewhere that calls me to this medicine and i think part of my own personal mission is also to send a message out to the asian diaspora like this is part of our medicine as well you know this is not something that is foreign to us or part of a different culture like we walk with this we've walked with this medicine for centuries it's in traditional chinese medicine there's a they call it the laughing mushroom it's probably not psilocybe cubensis as we know it but there's <laughs> a laughing mushroom that's like written again like so far back i don't know what the actual year is of bc but so far back you know for centuries so i'm like this is the medicine of my people and while i don't think the rituals have been handed down like i feel like it's lost you know the ceremony and the ritual around these medicines like i feel like i'm here to reclaim that and to put that back into practice and to like really reclaim it for my people and to say it's okay this is you know these medicines are part of us
0: thank you so much for that and well I want to, I want to take us now because you're talking about your ancestors and, and recognizing your ancestral roots with medicines and how powerful is that, right? Like when it's not something that is foreign that we must learn about, but when it's like, oh, I'm learning about it now, but my ancestors had so much wisdom about, you know, about these plants, these medicines and what I'm doing is actually not learning something new, but it's reclaiming something that has always been a part of me. yeah mm. yeah and so how how has this uh you know, on your journey with psychedelics, and you have done some really beautiful work in guiding folks through uh, journeys and sessions, and um you know, one of the last times that we spoke. Uh, we we got a lot of clarity around you, the direction that you really want to be moving your work towards, which is the the psychedelic death doula. Mm-hmm. And you shared with me talking about ancestors, that the inspiration with with this that came through was because of your experience, your personal experience with an ancestor with your own ancestor your father mm-hmm. and his his passing when you were young and so i would love to hear a bit of that journey if you would love to share it yeah i think
1: i just i love this conversation so much because it, it really is like i feel like if there was like a core wound that i have it is not having been able to grieve my father's death he'd passed when i was 15 and i carried this grief with me since i was 15 all the way up into my 40s not understanding what grief was not really giving given any sort of like um tools or support in processing that grief i think growing up chinese american and also growing up christian there was this, you know, when my dad died, like our my mom, my brother and I, we grieved separately. There was not this family coming together of like, let, let's support each other through this. We went off into our own spaces to deal with whatever we were going through. And so I w- I feel like I was always very silenced in a way, like not necessarily from the outside, but there was something in me that didn't ever feel like it was okay to show emotion when I was watching sad movies in the theater and a sad part came, it like I just shut it down. And so when my dad died and this grief came through, I shut it down. And so what I realized in walking with this medicine, there is this beautiful connection between, I think the medicine allowing ourselves to really feel and honor and be present with our human experience, which includes the full spectrum, you know, joy, childlike play, wonder, curiosity, but also the grief, the sadness, the pain that we tend to avoid the anger that we shut down. And for me, I realized, like, I think, when my dad died, I, I don't know, I didn't know really how to feel like, you know, I, I think I just became very numb. And I ended up looking for other things outside of me to keep that grief away. And it was only until literally five, six years ago that I finally confronted it through breath work and grief is stored in the lungs, right? So what perfect modality to help that grief come through than to breathe and to allow that breath to carry that grief up to the surface for me to finally acknowledge it and feel it. And after this, you know, after walking with grief, like in a very conscious way, confronting my grief first, allowing myself to feel it, I now feel like I have this beautiful friendship with grief and I appreciate the grief. I actually, you know, this may sound strange, but I actually appreciate the fact that my dad made this contract, God knows when, to leave this life early at 49 so that I can have this experience with grief and understand the journey of processing grief and the the witnessing of a dying process as well to be able to really like step into this work with the medicine and to be able to also hold others who don't know how to process that grief, don't know how to be with dying, you know, and don't know how to like face that fear. And to me, I feel like every fear that we have in this life is truly like a fear of death in some shape or form. Everything I feel like tracks back to a fear of death. And so we as a culture, especially in the West are so, De- like sanitized towards anything having to do with death, and I think it's really caused us to live in such deep fear of aging, death, the whole process, the natural cycle of life, and that fear of death is really what causes us to lock up and not be able to fully step into our purpose and live our lives freely as we need to, and as we we have been given the the gift to. So I feel like for me, the grief of like um, not being able to feel grief, not being able to have these conversations, not being able to be open about it is really kind of the, the gift that I can now bring to the community and actually hold spaces for people to process this sadness, process everything that comes up with grief, the anger, and also the joy, the celebration of the life. It's just such a beautiful. To me, it's such a beautiful gift to be able to hold these spaces for people.
0: Mm. Can you tell me and explain to our audience, like, you know, I'm sure people have heard of death doula.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's it's such a powerful word, right? Because when we hear of like, when I first heard of a doula, the word doula was related to. Um, like somebody that was pregnant and a doula was not a midwife, but was a person that would support the pregnant woman in the journey of having a baby. So pre and then post also. And so doula is, is, is such a powerful word of, of somebody that supports you through this, you know, for indigenous people, uh, being a mother is an initiation, but also death is an initiation. Like that's our last initiation, right? So then we have death doula. So it's actually somebody, not that accompanies a mother that's about to give birth, but somebody that accompanies another person either through a death process, right? Meaning like if we put in the psychedelic in there, it's like, I'm a psychedelic death doula. So I can either support you through your psychedelic journey of where there's going to be a lot of you that needs to die.
1: (laughs) Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Right. But also supporting people that actually are terminal and are dying and are using psychedelics to help them with the process of, of dying, of understanding this new journey, this final initiation um, so that's how I understand it. But I wanna, I wanna hear from you, like explain explain this to us even further because this is so needed in our culture right now. Mm. Yeah,
1: I feel like the word that keeps on coming up to me when I think about what it means to be a death doula is companion. How do you companion somebody through this very intense? often painful initiation as you're saying and i see it not just as an initiation for the the person who is dying or going through the death process there's an initiation or an invitation into initiation for all the constellation of care all the loved ones around them as well when you're witnessing a loved one going through that dying process whether it's a physical death or a death of self there is an initiation there there's an invitation there so I see it as creating space for the person who is going through this initiation, this dying process to really feel and honor everything that they're going through. Because just like life, death is messy too. And I feel like when it comes to the medicine journey, like, you know, as I'm sure you have seen too, it's not a linear journey. You go through, it's like literally a hero you know, hero's journey, you're going into the underworld, right? You're facing your fears, you're pushing on those uncomfortable edges, it is not an easy thing to do. And so whether you're talking about physical death, or this death of self that we, you know, often experience through these psychedelic journeys, it really helps to have somebody who's there anchoring you, witnessing you. The witnessing is something that has come through so powerfully in the last couple of um journeys I've had the honor of sitting for and facilitating. I think the witnessing is something that we kind of, you know, um, we think we have to like have all these, you know, very special skills and tools and things like that. But just even being with somebody, watching them go through this process, not judging it, not trying to change it, not trying to, you know, take their pain away from them, but just being there, witnessing them going through the whole thing, holding their hand as they're going through this, this companioning aspect to me, kind um, of getting chills as I'm talking about it, it just it's so important. Um, and I feel like it kind of gets downplayed when we're talking about psychedelic journeys. And, you know, when you start seeing like, you know, um, uh, you know, education around psych- it, 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 it's really about just being there and being able to hold yourself in this like regulated state in love as you're watching somebody go through this process and giving them the space to go through it. We aren't trained or taught to withstand pain. As soon as somebody's in pain, I feel like as a society, we're like, how do I make you feel better? How do I take that pain away from you? And I feel like by doing that, you're robbing somebody of the opportunity to actually meet the divine. You know, you're robbing somebody of the ability to really connect to something much deeper within themselves, their, their own truth, by trying to, you know, take that pain away from them, make it better. You know, and I think part of holding space and learning how to hold space for somebody, being a doula for somebody who's going through these transformational times, whether in birth or death, is just holding that space so that they can have this human experience. It sounds so simple, and yet I think even the holding of the space is actually so difficult to master because we are fighting against programming that wants to resist pain and resist the uncomfortableness of facing pain, facing these like life-changing transitions.
0: Before we continue with the rest of this episode, I'd like to take a moment to thank the sponsors of this podcast, Teona Center Retreats, the only woman and indigenous-owned psilocybin retreat space. Teona Center offers legal and safe opportunities to experience the healing power of Teonanacaque, or sacred mushrooms. Retreats are held in beautiful San Miguel de Allende, Mexico, a city whose color, charm, and magic deeply support participants on their healing journeys. And as a thank you for being our listener, Teona Center would like to offer all Sacred Psychedelic listeners $150 off your next psilocybin retreat. Make sure to visit the show notes to learn how you can join Teona's next psilocybin experience. I hear that so deep, like deeply in my heart. Um, you know, I recently, um, in, yeah, it's, wow, it's gonna be almost a year and a half. my grandmother passed, and uh, it was it was quite hard because we witnessed her having pain. And so for me, I remember being like, "All right, like at this moment, she's like in one foot in in the earthly plane, one foot in the spirit plane." It was like, "Let's call in like the pain management team now, right? Mm-hmm. Like they need to come in." And I remember like she would come back into consciousness and was like, no, like she didn't want it. And so one of our family doctor friends, uh, who's actually a Chinese medicine doctor and general doctor um, who we love so much, he said something that I was like, oh, like, oh, you know, it just it, it really was such medicine for me because, you know, I learned uh like from having animals that i i had to put to to sleep Mm -hmm. because they were in so much pain right like to really like love somebody so much that that you don't want to see them suffering right Mm -hmm. like that that also that also requires being brave Mm -hmm. you know like I like my attachment is no to you is no longer as important as my love to make sure that you will be okay and not in pain anymore. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I'm coming from this like teaching and then here we are, my grandma's in pain, but then she doesn't want to take pain medications. And so we have to also honor her process and um, our doctor he said he's like you have to honor people's path Mm -hmm. like your grandma you know you think that maybe it's time for her to go because she's in so much pain like now it should be like this is a good time Mm -hmm. like if she would you know I was just saying like what do we need to do to just help her kind of just release like like sink into the into the surrender right and he yeah. was like no <laughs> like she you have to honor that she is staying and sh- that's part of like feeling and being in the earthly pain is also part of her process mm. and you gotta re- wow. like we gotta honor that like because that's like who are who am i to to be like no 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 she shouldn't be in pain anymore she should just let go yeah you know like her spirit is way wiser than mine is will ever be at this incarnation of on earth right now right and so that was so powerful and so as you sharing this with me i i really truly hear that um this is this is such a beautiful reason why we need folks like you and we have to have these conversations and so, Ellen, what about the connection with psychedelics and being a death doula? Can you share some some insight about that? Yeah,
1: I think that the beauty of this medicine, and when I say medicine, I really do specifically mean the sacred mushroom that I, I just have such a heart for that particular spirit. Um, I feel like the the beauty and the gift is that. They can kind of open us up to meet those edges and meet those fears and essentially experience death in this very open and loving way so that you can face all of the blockages and the things that you're resisting from surrendering, from letting go, from trusting, and then come out of it with a new sense of life and why you are here in this body why you are living in this plane at this time for me i realized it really helps you to kind of let go or work through some of those fears that you have and again all fears i see as like a fear of death so that you can live like you could be more liberated in your life to kind of make the decisions, take the risks that you need to take, you know, and just live more freely and truly be in the present moment in your body, experiencing all the wonder that is around you. I think one of the things that hit me hardest going through my death doula training was in realizing that my personal fear of death actually isn't about the relationships that I'm going to lose. Because I think over the last few years, I've really reconnected to my ancestors in such a deep way that I realized relationships continue even after a physical death. You still have a relationship to your ancestors or your loved ones, even after they have crossed over. And so that's always going to be there for me, you know, for me, the, the fear or the resistance is, man i don't get to eat fried chicken anymore or i don't get to watch a sunrise i don't get to watch the moon rise above the mat. like it's these very visceral sensory sensory kind of experiences that you can only have in a body and i think in facing my fear of death through this experience through this training i came out of that with like such a renewed sense of like i truly fell in love with my body for the first time. I don't think I appreciated her as much as I did after experiencing this, you know, a death meditation that took me through contemplating 10 different aspects of fear of death. I, I just came through and realized it's not about these peak experiences in life that we're always chasing, you know, the amazing trip somewhere or like, you know, this profound moment that like completely, you know, blew open your mind. It's it's in the everyday, it's in the mundane, it's in the, you know, the moment when you wake up, the smell of coffee, like all the things that you love, the touch of your dog against your, you know, against your, your, your arms or your chest, hugging your loved one. It's like these very simple, everyday mundane experiences that make life worth living and i really believe that the medicine has the ability to take us back into this reconnection to these and appreciation for these mundane experiences that to me is um, why i feel like you know in working with the sacred mushroom you can face your death you can face your fears and come through with a whole new like lease on life a whole new appreciation for the everyday and a whole new sense of presence that you can now start to live your life from in this very grounded way.
0: <sighs> can you be a little bit more um like specific because that's so powerful. All death is I mean, not all death, <laughs> all fear, all fear is fear of death. Whew. Like when you said that, it just, it really just hit me really strongly. And so can you, can you explain that? Go a little bit more deeper into it for all of us.
1: Yeah. If you think about the things that you fear in your life, you know, whether it's abandonment or rejection, if you really hold that, the, 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 idea of being abandoned or the idea of being rejected so that you're abandoned it really is this old i feel like ancient fear of your tribe leaving you out to die you know and not having that support to be able to survive i feel like that is kind of the origin of that fear the fear of change or transformation you know the fear of like something different coming into your field i think is this fear of the unknown this fear and the fear of the unknown is really just you know i don't know if i have what it i need to be able to survive in this unknown state i don't have control you know the fear of heights or spiders i think it's just you know literally the pain of death the process of death and so when you think about everything that you fear fear of being seen fear of being seen is just again another version of a fear of rejection a fear of being ostracized from your tribe so that you're not going to be able to survive on your own i just see everything now like everything that all the resistance that you have in your life to take that chance to go where you are, are so afraid of going like it's all kind of you know it all tracks back to this fear of death and so for me it's like okay when you're confronting death and what it is that you really are fearful of you start to really work through all of these fears also of, um, you know, that, that show up in different ways in your life. And so for me, I think, you know, in confronting my death and com- and really contemplating my death and again, falling back in love with my life and my body, I now have this consciousness that like, there is no time to waste. Why do I care about what somebody thinks of me? And why am I letting that stop me from what I want to do it's it's like in holding that it's it's kind of like um I think it's this love of my body that I now have this love of this life it's causing me to feel like there is no time to waste and all this fear of like what somebody may say about me or my work or you know like however they may put me down this fear of like being um judged which is like a big fear of mine that I had to kind of confront it becomes so small you know and i think it's it is partly the the um the medicine journeys i've been on but also the i think the journey of just really like facing my death what that looks like what that could be like and going through the process of even asking myself the questions like you know what does a good death look like how do i want to die because how you want to die is really how you want to live it's one in the same you know and so for me i just i feel so called to help others and companion others through asking these really hard questions and by facing some of these fears so that you know it's like you start to see like these fears really are not um i don't know it's it's, it's not anything to hold you back from you know it's hard for me to find the words for it but it's like a feeling that i now have like actually in my solar plexus and in my, my, like this lower part of my body in my belly, like there's nothing for me to really be afraid of, because this life is such a gift, this body is such a gift, I don't want to squander any more time worrying about what others may think. And, and you know, being silent because of it.
0: Wow. So powerful to to have this relationship with death and how western culture um really like we when we live in in cities and and you know it's like everyday life it's it's like this is not the conversation we're having and yet it's like this is the conversation we all need to be having
1: exactly exactly if you think about all the things that hold you back like in life i i just feel like it's because we're not confronting death. It's because we're not, you know, admitting that this is the inevitable. And I really do see death as like the great equalizer. You know, it really, it just like flattens the playing field because we're all walking there. This is the one thing that we're all going to be going through. There's It doesn't matter who you are. There's nobody that has like gone to the other side and come back. You know, aside from those like, you know, near death experiences and things like that. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, nobody can master death. Like, no, and everything that we think about death and the afterlife, it's all a theory. Like, nobody knows, you know? So, to me, there's some comfort in also that too. Like we're all heading the same place. It's not, nobody's sa- saved from this. Like no matter how many like anti-aging creams you use, like you're, you're gonna die at some point. And so, I mean, there's like, for me, there's a little bit of humor in that also, just cause like, it's almost kind of, when you think about it in those terms, it's almost kind of silly that we have this fear because it is just, you know, our bodies are designed to die. We're, you know, I forget what the, the, um, the, the science uh, is, but I think you grow a new arm every three months or something like that's how many cells actually like process through your body. So we're constantly in this change and this evolution, this transformation in this dying process, and also in this birth process. It's a natural part of life. Our bodies know how to die. And yet there's this thing in us that's so afraid to go there. And so we
0: have these beautiful listeners. And I love to always share medicine, not just in our council conversation, but is there something that you would like to share that would support somebody in, I would almost say, perhaps befriending death. Mm -hmm.
1: For me, I feel like the, the thing I'm holding now, like the truth I'm holding, um, It's really the fact that like, there's no way to slice it or dice it or change it. Death is messy. It's a messy process. Messy as in it's unpredictable, it's unexpected. You can't choose the day that you die really, you know, um, if you're dying naturally, like you, it's it's something that this journey finds you, you know, you don't find this journey, it like comes to you. So, it's a messy process. And no matter how much like planning and all this kind of stuff, you know, it's still a journey. It's still going to take its twists and turns, just like life. Life is just as messy. You know, there's all these unexpected things that you can't necessarily plan for. But what you can do is begin to have these conversations, begin to lean into these uncomfortable places where you may feel a little squeamish or you may feel a little bit like, I don't want to face this. But by just slowly allowing yourself to confront the inevitable, what I feel like the thing that's most painful about death to me is the resistance of it, whether you're the person dying or you're in the constellation of care, witnessing somebody who, um, and you're resisting their death, the resistance to surrender is the, probably the most, it's not even pain, it's suffering. That's really where the suffering is. So the only way to really mitigate that is by facing it, is by allowing yourself to confront these questions and to sit with these questions, meditate, contemplate these questions about your death, your own death. What does a good death look like? What is a, you know, what do you want for your death? How do you want to be memorialized? You know, and I don't think that it's, I don't think you could be too young to think about this. You know, I think we also sanitize our conversations with children around death, which is also creating or like doing them a disservice too. As a culture, as a people here in the West, I feel like there just needs to be more open dialogue about this. It needs to be normalized. Death is probably the most normal thing ever. You know, it is again, what we are all going to go through. So accept the messiness of death, accept the messiness of life. It's there's there's no perfection in it but you just need to be present with it and just allow yourself to go into these spaces to start having these conversations just talking you don't have to do anything else just talking i think it's going to be a huge support for getting comfortable with it
0: and i love that this conversation about being with the messiness of death and life completely applies to a psychedelic journey. Yes. Right. Yes. Just being with, you know, sometimes we go into a journey and have an intention. And I always tell people like bring your intentions and um, you know, when they come into my retreats and like, be clear about what you want to happen with this medicine. And at the same time, it's like surrender, surrender to the messiness, because in there is the most powerful medicine for us. Yeah. Um,
1: And I love, I mean, again, this is my love of the medicine coming through. I love how the sacred mushroom for me has, it always answers your intention, but oftentimes it answers it in such a way that you would never have guessed it gives you a, it's like a, you know, you you want this thing over here, and it takes you to this thing over here, because you want this thing over here, you know, it's so like, to me, that's kind of part of their humor. And they're, they're, I like to think of them as mischievous, a little bit, you know, like, kind of like little children, but I feel like it's, it's magic, you know, and yeah, I expect the unexpected is always kind of like my invitation
0: to my clients and people i get to sit with well i really would love for you to share about how people can sit with you how people can um, receive some of your magic and medicine please share how people yeah. can find you
1: yeah so my website is tripwithellen.com and my instagram handles the same thing trip with ellen um, I have a 12-week mentorship program uh, that I'm really proud of called the Reclaim Life, Face Death Mentorship, in which I take you, I walk, I companion you through 12 weeks of really confronting your edges, confronting your fears in of death in whichever way they show up. And we work through them with breath work, somatic root healing, medicine work, microdosing. And we really kind of create a unique plan for you to be able to confront some of these edges and to really work through some of these fears um it's something that i'm just really excited to hold space for um, because i just feel like this is such necessary work for anybody who is serious about wanting to live freely wanting to be liberated from their limiting beliefs their limiting patterns Um, anything that's stopping them from really using their voice, speaking out and being creative in the ways that they're being called to be creative. So, yeah, I hope that people will be able to find me through my website and um, sign up for this mentorship program.
0: Thank you so much, Ellen. What a really powerful conversation we had today and um, so many blessings Find Ellen, trip with Ellen, have some of her magic, follow her. Thank you so much. Thank Blessings you. for everyone. And we will be talking very soon. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks, much so If you enjoyed this episode, the best way for you to support Sacred Psychedelic Podcast is to subscribe and leave us a review. To stay updated on our legal psilocybin retreats and learn more about plant medicine and ceremony, visit the show notes to sign up for our newsletter. Thank you for connecting with me today. May your life be filled with medicine and magic.